Hello, everybody, and welcome to Age Gap Finance, a podcast where a millennial and a boomer talk money. My name is Nick Renokia, and I'm an advisor here at Rosado Wealth Management. I'm one of the managing partners here. And my name is Ed Rosado, and I'm a managing partner at Rosado Wealth Management as well. And eventually today, we're going to be talking about retirement myths we hear all the time, whether through reading, through client stories and things like that. So stay tuned for all that. But first, let's kind of give you a little bit of update about what's going on in our lives. Ed, anything exciting for you? Uh, other than you guys got a brand new puppy. I know, we, we have. It's, uh, you know, he, he's definitely full of energy. He's a toy Australian Shepherd. So if you know Australian Shepherds, which I know you do, I own one they, of them. they uh, full of energy. So he's he's definitely always what's his name? to... His name's Archie. Archie. Yeah, he's four pounds right now. So he's only eight weeks old. So he's biting biting a lot and eating a lot. He's he's definitely growing. You can tell he's like a little baby. So it's uh, it's exciting. So it's our second dog, second Australian Shepherd. And uh, they're, they're, they started off a little cold. Well, he didn't, but Piper, our, our first dog, is uh, was a little cold to him in the start. But now she's warmed up. They play and Good. It's, it's going pretty well. So with that. how big will Archie get? Archie should get around 20 pounds, 20, 25 pounds, that's all. So he's not, he's not going to be a, a tiny dog, but he's he's not going to be a, a big dog by any right. means. But he'll definitely be able to hopefully hold his own a little better than, uh, against your dog. I know. <laughs> what is she? 40 She's pounds, 44 pounds. 44? Yep. Used to be fifty four. She was at fifty. You know, we have her on a metabolic diet. You know, she's at her fighting weight right now. Oh boy. Oh, that's that's good. That that. Yeah. I mean, she she looks good. She she was a little chunky there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, her dad was called Chunky Monkey, so uh, you know that's where uh, she kind of gets it from. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, enough about the dogs. What's been going on in your life besides the dogs? Oh man. Um, you know, not as much as probably I would like. We've, we've obviously been pretty busy here at work, but outside of that, I don't think much is going on with anyone still. Yeah, um, things have been extremely busy, though, with uh, our what we, what we call our second tax season that we just completed on July 15th. Yeah. So that was another round of uh, a lot of clients coming through the office and getting their tax returns complete, but definitely the way we operate now and uh, the whole atmosphere is all different and so forth, but uh, we're taking all the precautions with everyone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, usually tax season obviously ends in April and it just seems like, you know, (laughs) here in a couple months, there's going to be a whole other tax season ready for us. Yeah. I mean, usually uh, we ramp up what in like September, October, we start planning for next tax season. That's literally right around the corner so we have to enjoy whatever's left of the summer here oh yeah any plans to go to the cabin anything like that i know it's kind of a recurring yeah. theme here a little bit gonna go <laughs> gonna go up to north georgia uh the end of august for about 15 days and stay up there till uh, labor day wow. labor day and then come back yeah well and and what's especially nice about that is really with everything going on and you know some people wanting to meet electronically mm-hmm. and all that you know you and the just the nature of how businesses operate now you don't really miss a beat by yeah. going up there for so long mm-hmm. you still can be still, as attentive as as you need to be right so we've been able to still keep in communication with clients and so forth so it's worked out pretty good we gives me a chance to get out of this florida heat for a while right 
Yeah, and honestly, I know traveling is kind of frowned upon right now, but just getting out of the town that you're kind mm-hmm. of quarantined in right now, it's it's a big, I feel like, mental relief. Yeah. yeah uh, even if I kind of just sit at the cabin every day, it's just um, yeah. I'm away from, from the everything that's going on here. Yeah, just a good change of pace. So, you know, hopefully I'll go up soon. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been up since, I don't know, when was that? You guys, we were up there Memorial Day weekend. You guys were up there right before us. Yeah, but it it, it was it was a couple months ago, and you know, I've I've the minute I left, I wanted to go right back. So I don't blame you for wanting to go so much. Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk about retirement myths. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be talking about retirement myths. Before we get into that, I know I normally do a a market update just Mm -hmm. to kind of say where it's at. As of August 4th, the Dow is still down 6.53%. The NASDAQ is up 21.63. Unbelievable. And the S&P is positive now, uh, 1.96. So, you know, the S&P really is sort of the benchmark we use a lot of the time. That's been negative most of the year, or even if it was positive, barely. And actually, given everything going on, the S&P being up, almost 2%. Obviously, the Nasdaq's just going crazy, but it's good to see two of the three major indexes actually positive, kind of shows the strength of the financial aspect of things and kind of reinforces the point that, you know, this was probably more of a health issue than a financial Financial issue. crisis, sure. And uh, with um, the all the, uh, the four big tech companies being on Capitol Hill last week for the yeah. congressional hearing... And they put all the the four CEOs up there from Amazon and Apple. Yeah, what's Google, Apple at Facebook. now? I know. Apple. The last time, uh, as of yesterday, it was about four thirty-five, four thirty-four. Wow. So yeah, I think I even saw it go up to four thirty-eight at one point, if I'm not mistaken. So it's yeah. I mean, what's that? A jump of forty, fifty bucks oh, in yeah. the last it, month? It's amazing. Yeah, what it's done and. After that, after that hearing took place, um, there was a lot of anticipation about those four tech companies. You know what it was going to do to the stock after they were on that uh, congressional hearing. But then, right after that, a day or two later, they reported their their earnings, and all of the 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 four big ones, their earnings were through the roof. So that just escalated the stocks even more. So the tech is um, definitely carrying the weight, especially like the Dow. Yeah. And I mean, we, we've said it, uh, we've said it before on this podcast, but really the NASDAQ up 21% goes to show how technology, you know, which drives the NASDAQ is, Mm -hmm. is crucial in any sort of business. And the more, uh, electronic base we're getting and, and all these new technologies have to be developed, you know, no wonder the NASDAQ's up so much. So that's really interesting to see. You know, it could be a play on the new generation coming in with, you know, they grew up with technology their whole life. Maybe they have ideas. They know how to make technology work for them a little bit better. So NASDAQ, you know, very well could be being led by maybe this new generation coming in and making those changes. Oh, without a doubt. And then the pandemic, of course, has caused a lot of change more people are using technology more than ever right to work in industry remote remote places and so forth and right in industries that you thought you know could never 
go technology based, you know, they, they do, I mean, grocery stores, you know, people just order it online, it shows up at their door and it's done. I don't, I don't think any of us really could have thought of a point when, you know, you, you didn't have to go in to buy groceries, you know, at some point. And, and that just as technology develops, more of those uh, things we never thought could happen would, you know, seems mm-hmm. like they're going to happen. Yeah. And they were even talking about um, this morning I saw where a lot of the companies, a lot of the big tech companies, they anticipate their employees to work from home forever, yeah. not just through 2021. They're saying forever, possibly. Kind of ironic because they just showed where Facebook signed a big lease uh, for a very large building in Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, actually right across from um, Madison Square Garden. Wow. It's an old post office, and they, they signed a lease to lease that entire building, and which they said that most of their employees were going to be working from home, but yet they leased that big building right in uh, New York City. Yeah, which is good for the city, and it, good for definitely the city needs something like that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what what their plans are with that. But Facebook, out of any company, you'd think would really push for working from home mm-hmm. and not spending all that on you know real estate. But you know maybe I, I don't really know how Facebook operates, but I don't know maybe it could be their servers apart. But then you'd think they would put that in somewhere that's mm-hmm. cheap, remote some remote um, location so, somewhere, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a good friend who he's loving it because he, he used to drive to Largo every morning. And, you know, he, he even lives a little bit further away than we do from Largo. And he's going to be working from home forever now, too. Mm-hmm. They they just sent him a computer and a, you know, a, something to go on his desk and, and all that. And, you know, it's a lot cheaper for companies to provide a computer than pay rent for, you know, years and years or buy a property or anything like that. So... You know, a lot of people don't mind that they're working from home either. No, no. Uh, in the last survey I saw, they, you know, it came out where it was between 60 and 70% of the people that were polled said that they would love to continue to work from home forever. They would to not yeah. go in, but the money they're saving, commuting and, and the time, all that yeah. stuff, the time on the road and all that stuff, it makes a lot more sense. And they, it'll probably prove down the road that they are more productive. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I I always hear working from home, you know, there's a productivity level of that. But also, what are your thoughts on a four day work week? Because I know a lot of people around or a lot of countries around the world have tried it and that shoots productivity up, too. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting to think about in our industry. But yeah. What do you think about a four day work week? Do you think that would help or hurt? Are you asking me if we could do it here at our company? (laughs) I'm asking you as I think you guys started that last year, didn't you? Fridays working from home. Yeah, working from home, but I'm okay, talking just a four day in, work in, week. In general, what do you think if the the nine to five for general public went just Monday through Thursday? Oh, well, I don't know, Nick. As a boomer, I uh, I really you know from a work ethic standpoint, I mean, I don't know. Even if it made productivity higher, you got more done throughout the week. Yeah, but to have a three day weekend. You know, every week is is a lot. So Ed, if if I asked you tomorrow, let's let's convert to a four day week. What would you say? Just uh, maybe not even during tax season, but like from August to when we pick back up for tax season. Yeah, definitely a four day work week okay. in the office, <laughs> and then the fifth day you could work from home. Wow! All right, well we got it on record here, so uh, that's good news. 
Well, Ed, let's let's uh, start talking about you know what we really want to dive into today. Um, retirement myths. First thing we kind of want to talk about is relying really on your company's plan to kind of do the heavy lifting for you as far as retirement goes. You know, if if they're doing any matching or you know they give you a four hundred one k something like that. You know, a lot of people kind of think, you know, oh, I'm putting in my, my couple percent to my 401k, I'm, I'm good to go, um, which we find out a lot of times that's not really the only thing you need to do, right? Yeah, definitely you need to do something outside of your company plan. I mean, people that are still working, when we meet with them and they do have access to an employer-sponsored plan like a 401k or a 403b or 457, whatever it might be, uh, we always tell them to max it out, you know, max it out. And if there's matching, that is free money from the company. Mm-hmm. So definitely max it out and get to the match. And um, But it also is crucial to do things outside of your company plan too as well. Explore like Roth IRAs. Um, look at uh, other types of investments outside of your company plan. Yeah, even just like a traditional brokerage account, um, you know, where maybe your money's not tied up until you're almost 60, but, you know, it's it's still making money for you. So my philosophy in my personal experience is always more so if if it never really hits my bank account, it's much easier to save it. So if you can like defer or have an automatic withdrawal that goes to a brokerage account or something like that, it's much easier to save that way. Uh, at least that's how I feel rather than, you know, taking big chunks at a time and saving. Yep. Um, if it's sight unseen and it's coming out uh, every two weeks or once a month or whatever it might be, the benefit there too is dollar cost averaging. So if you're doing let's say for example the same amount every two weeks or every month you know if you're buying say for example particular shares of mutual funds or stocks you are buying them at whatever the price is at that point so you if you're doing you know X amount of dollars a month or every two weeks the shares are gonna vary but you're still gonna be able to you know the compounding of earnings is so powerful but dollar cost averaging is very powerful too right because people a lot of the time are you know, it, like right now, people are like, oh, well, the market's so shaky. I don't know if I if I want to get in right now. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, they, they say that when, when the market may be down a little bit, but then when the market's way up, oh, everything's way too expensive. I don't want to get in it now. Right. So, you know, you got to, if you dollar cost average or put in the same amount every, you know, couple weeks, then... It, you know, you're going to get all those variations anyway, and, you know, you're going to buy a little high some weeks, and you're going to buy lower some other weeks, and, you know, no one can really time the market at an expert level. If someone did know how, they would be the richest person ever, because it, it's just not something that really could be done. Yeah, they just they just need to continue to contribute. So when, you know, over the last couple months when clients come in and they, they were telling us that, you know, my 401k is getting killed right now. I don't know what to do. Well, the best thing to do is to contribute because you're buying at a lower price right now. Mm-hmm. So continue to contribute, and especially if your company's matching, just, and it, it'll come back. You know, right. the market goes up, it goes down, but it always comes back. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what it's it's done in history. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, relying just on a 401k, 
you know, I, I would I wouldn't recommend that. And um, you know, a four hundred one k is definitely a good asset. But you know, there there are certain products that as as you start getting toward retirement, you know, you should start looking toward as uh, you're, you're going to want to draw an income out of your assets, obviously, in order to live. You know, once you retire, and you know, the days of pensions are really over. You know, not many companies are giving out pensions. People are moving jobs every few years. Um, so, you know, being able to invest in maybe a certain, you know, type of investment that can give you some sort of guaranteed income that you know you could draw off of, it's not going to run out, anything like that. Building your own pension, that's that's really important, and, and we help people with that along the way. Yeah, often. and the other thing, too, is that there's limitations when people are contributing to a company plan because... They're only going to be able to select what their plan offers. And most of the people that we see don't get advice on their plans. Right. They say, okay, they give us a list of mutual funds or whatever they might be. We just choose. They'll, they may do a risk analysis on us and say, okay, you fall into this, pick this or pick this. Um, yeah, most you know, of what we see are target funds that, yeah. you know, oh, I'm going to retire in, you know, Say, say 20 years, that, that would be 2040. Yeah. So they're in the 2040 target fund, right. and it's a little more aggressive now, and as it gets toward 2040, it's going to get more conservative. But, you know, that's that's all the help they get, really. They, and that's not really much help at all. It's just, here, take this fund and be and go in it. And then and uh, a lot of times we see people come in and then they may be five, six years out of retirement, and they're still in the 2020 plan. Right. So yes. they're not, you know, um, reallocated. They're not, they're or not reallocated like or rebalanced or anything like that. But uh, yeah, the other thing I see sometimes is, um, you know, and, and this isn't so much of a of a bad thing, but it, it it can lead to a bad thing. We've we've run into clients who, you know, maybe they worked at Verizon for thirty years, and you know they they have an allegiance to to Verizon, um, and then we review their portfolio, and they've got you know. 80% of their assets are in Verizon stock. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, nothing against Verizon specifically, but having most of your money rely on one company is also a dangerous thing to do, which we do see in employee-sponsored plans a little bit more. They tend to kind of carry whatever company they're with a little bit more uh, in general. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, and we'll never really recommend to clients to be too heavily weighted into their company's stock and uh, a lot of people in this uh, that worked for uh, I'll name a couple of companies back in I want to say late 80s 90s I'm not sure of when it occurred but uh, this is before your time Nick is uh, and they made a movie about it too uh, Enron and WorldCom mm-hmm. uh, there was a movie made about Enron and people that worked for that company um, the company went under and there was a lot of scams going on at the time and the people were heavily weighted in the company's stock they lost all their stock they lost their pensions their 401ks their jobs everything and that actually resulted in the pension protection act to be passed by president bush later on which allowed people to now at age 59 and a half which a lot of people still don't know about the pension protection act where at 59 and a half they can actually roll out their 401k and it doesn't disrupt any contributions to the plan. If they're matching and all that, they can continue. So as you know, um, 
being in this after the last several years is that we've done a lot of in, what's called in-service distributions, mm-hmm. where if you're 59 and a half or older and you're going to continue to work, we roll out uh, employers' plans into individual IRAs. It gives them more control. It gives them representation. We can help them along the way and guide them on the investments and plan for their retirement where they're not going to get that from an employer plan. So Yeah, and you're really not tied to any, you know, any one fund. You're, there's no target funds. If you're mm-hmm. just if you roll that out to a traditional IRA, I mean, you can invest it, in whatever you'd want to invest it in. It opens a whole new world to what they they can do in investments. So exactly. and so they're kind of uh, tied to in an employer plan. Um, they're tied to what's offered to them, and that's it. And again, it goes back to nine out of ten people that we talk to that are have employer plans. They don't get representation. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't get advice, and that's where we can come in and help them. Yeah. With that, you know, a, another thing that we see is that a lot of people just kind of put their retirement on the back burner, and you know, they think it's too stressful to start thinking about it. And, you know, it, it's too much of an effort. You know, they have no idea about their finances at all. They don't know where they stand. And they really just, you know, they know they're they're working and they're doing something, but they, they need to really assess where they're at. And, you know, meeting with an advisor, talking to someone, seeing where you're at. And, um, you know, really the sooner you do that, the less scary it is, the more time you have to kind of make the changes you need to you know, because most people's end goal is to retire at some point, and if you have really no plan to get there, um, it, it's going to be difficult to eventually retire. Yeah, and then <clears throat> part of that plan or planning is, you know, are you going to stay in your home? Do you want to pay off that home? What debt do you have right now? Um, do you have six months of expenses saved for emergency? And with what has gone on in the last couple of months with COVID, I think it was a big eye opener for a lot of people that had no savings. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've gotten, you know, some testimonials from clients that we've helped along the way that, you know, say, hey, thank you for helping me to uh, plan for that because, you know, my job was in jeopardy or I got laid off, whatever it is, but I have six months of uh, expenses covered. And, um, yeah, just gave them That's a, cushion, a big thing. Gave them gives, a cushion to find a new job. Right. You know, where you're not going into big debts or anything like that. Uh, another thing we, we stress is that you really, you could start anywhere for retirement planning. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge lump sum, sum of money. I mean, if you're putting in 50, 100 bucks, you know, whatever it may be a month, you know, that's better than nothing, and that's going to help you at least get a path and start practicing the idea of saving and putting money aside and everything like that. So we definitely stress that. And, you know, some people think that they need to pay off all their debts before they start saving for retirement. Um, do you agree with that? I don't agree with that 100%. I do think it, it all depends on how much debt they have. It is good to have a plan to pay off that debt in so many years, if you know, and to stick to that plan. You know, I've got, let's say, you know, they've got credit card debt or they've got student loans, and their plan is, you know, to sit down and make a plan with them that I want to pay all of this off in five years. Well, that's going to limit to what they can invest, 
because they're going to have to take some of their their earnings and so forth and put it towards paying off that debt. But mm-hmm. if they if they do it and they stick to it in the long run, they're going to have a lot more saved in retirement as opposed to, you know, sometimes we meet clients that are, you know, sometimes even in their early to mid sixties. I had a uh, a physician come in and uh, he was in his mid to late sixties and he still had a he student loan that he was paying on it was a it was a you know and he still had some more to pay off on it still at that that age and um yeah and and i mean it does depend on your age as far as the debt um goes i mean if if you're younger you know and and you still have some student loans and things like that obviously it's a good idea to pay those down as as quickly as you can but you know i i would say in general it's better to you know focus on paying down the debt but don't do nothing for your retirement mm-hmm. still at least put into your 401k maybe in that instance or you know do something for for your savings for your retirement um, because again dollar cost averaging is very powerful and you know it, if you could invest five thousand dollars in five years or one thousand a year over that five years you know it, it, it it's gonna be usually a little bit more beneficial for you to do the uh, to spread it out and average it over time um, versus all at once. So, you know, we, we do stress the earlier you start serving, uh, start saving, the, the more you can benefit from compounding interest. I mean, a hundred dollars a month over 20 years, you know, or 1200 a year, it's going to be much more than 24,000, uh, if your dollar cost averaging and investing right. it appropriately. Um, obviously it's not a guarantee or anything and there's risk in that, but you know, pretty much any 20, year period of time if you're putting a hundred dollars in every month odds are you're, you're gonna end up coming with more than twenty four thousand just with inflation alone right right um so uh, other other things we hear are that you know people people are gonna uh delay saving until it's easier and you know they're going to wait till things calm down a little bit and then they're and then they're gonna start doing it and and kind of like how we said earlier there's always noise. That's kind of a theme we, we typically talk about. There's always noise. There's always something going on where, you know, the markets seem shaky or even in personal life, there's always going to be reasons why, you know, you don't want to start investing yet because you're saving up for a new something instead of, you know, saving for your retirement. Um, it's much easier and gratifying to kind of buy something now like a a new car or something like that that's tangible and you could touch it rather than kind of planning for 30 40 years in the future so right um that's all about being it's about being focused and it's about being disciplined and um you know people have to understand and realize that you know putting off that you know that car that you want or whatever it might be it'll be out there in the future but it's not going to, you know, if you get it now, it's not going to help you. Yeah, and really um, what what typically we see of the people who really need that new car is, you know, they're not satisfied with the new car. Mm-hmm. In a year or two, there's another new car that comes out that right. they want. Or, you know, it might not be a car at that point. Maybe now they, they'll, they'll be happy if they could just get that new, you know, set of golf clubs or mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know couple months down the road now they're looking what's that next thing I can buy so 
um, planning for your future and uh, it, it's not the easiest thing because uh, obviously it's it's more exciting and fun to go buy that set of golf clubs but that doesn't mean it's not important mm-hmm. yep and um, you know a lot of people say well I need to live for today you know I need to enjoy my life because I don't know what the future is going to bring which is true I mean yeah, in, in some aspect but because of our age difference I see more people in my age group that I wonder what they did with their money. And I know that, you know, some a lot of them make good money and so forth, but they don't have any savings. They don't have, they have a lot of debt mm-hmm. and so forth. And just wonder how they went, you know, what happened along the road there yeah, to, I, to get them to that point. You wonder if they were the ones buying all right. things throughout. But right. then also, you know, we, we've seen people come in and say, you know, and have more money than really they can spend. And, you know, some people kind of have some regrets where they wish, mm-hmm. you know, okay, they've accumulated all this money, but maybe they wish they spent more time with their family or mm-hmm. traveled more and spent a little bit more of it. So there's definitely a balance to it. Even though I'm in this industry and I see it every day, I mean, all of us are have, have our weaknesses and stuff. And, you know, I may go buy a set of golf clubs or something like that, but... You know, it's it, it's all about a balance, and you, you right. got to live your life, and you got to enjoy. You know, I am a big believer in traveling and everything like that. You know, you do kind of have to make sure other things are taken care of as well. But when you travel, you make sure that you have a budget for it. Oh yeah, you have the money set aside, and uh, you know, it's it's no different than. Um, you know, buying stuff on a credit card. I've always used credit cards. Credit cards are important. They also could be dangerous, but we've never used our credit cards unless we had the money to pay the bill when it came in. So we'd never count, you know, carry a balance or anything like that. So yeah, we're going to go buy this pool table or this couch or whatever it might be, a big purchase, a TV or whatever. But we would never use the credit card unless we had the money to pay it in 30 days. Exactly. You know, it's it's definitely important to to have a budget in general, and that all really kind of relates to your retirement is having a budget throughout your life and kind of you know following that budget so that you could budget in saving for retirement and you could budget in all these fun purchases mm-hmm. you want to do too so you know budgeting is a big part of retirement it plays a big part in retirement planning not just you know it's not just limited to investing it's it's an overall plan and uh how you're going to get there and obviously we we kind of talked about a lot of things today but retirement planning is is not one size fits all or anything like that um we we do try to say this a lot on our podcast that this is really just informational. In order to get a real retirement plan and uh, specific ideas, you got to talk to an advisor. You got to meet with someone and you know have have a real risk analysis um, and just assessment of kind of your needs. You know, obviously a lot goes into retirement, and uh, if if anyone has any questions, um, maybe a topic we didn't cover. Both Ed and I's emails are. Ed at Rosado Wealth and Nick NIC at Rosado Wealth. So either give our office a call or email us with any questions, and you know we're more than happy to cover anything on future podcasts. Um, Ed, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I think we cover a lot of good things. Just to keep in mind, everybody that's listening, that um, 
to get a good effective plan in place is going to help you, you know, um, down the road and sticking to that plan is the most difficult part, but we help you along the way to, uh, to stick to that plan. And so when you get to that certain age, when you want to stop working, that, um, you can stop working and you can enjoy your life. Exactly. So, you know, if anyone does want to set an appointment to talk to Ed or I and and you enjoyed this podcast, our phone number is 727-683-9119. And, you know, we'd love to have the opportunity to kind of discuss your financial situation and give our recommendation in that. But as always, we do appreciate everyone for tuning in and we hope you everyone stays safe, has a good rest of the year and finishes strong. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you. Take care. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through True Investments Capital, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.